It was doing it before. I swear to God, it was playing the music before. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Broken Shovel Podcast. My name is Lucas. Uh, with me, as always, is my friend and co-host, Eric. And today on the Broken Shovel Podcast, we are talking about rivers and jungles and hippos. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if I mentioned this to you, Eric. This is our 25th episode here. Ooh. So, uh, congratulations to us. We've been doing this for 25 weeks. Yeah, uh, did we hit 2,100 this week? Oh, de- uh, yeah, way over. Way over, nice. Yeah, way over. And uh, date of release for this is 11-7, November the 7th. Um, recording this on Guy Fox Day, actually. Nice. Remember, remember, the 5th of November. Nice. <laughs> How are you doing, Eric? I am, I am doing the, I am burnt out. That's, that's what it comes down to. I am absolutely burnt out. I, I had a week at work where I just really struggled to get any projects going or getting anything done, like anything besides the minimum done. And I, it's, it's unfortunate because I do enjoy my job, but I'm just, I'm very burnt out right now. And this weekend me getting, I've gotten, I got the house tidied and that, and this morning I'm just like. I I'm not feeling anything today. Yeah, I'm st- I, I have a feeling I'm going to be in your shoes next week because uh, I am staring down the barrel of a very busy week, but we can talk about that at the end of the show. Yes. Uh, rivers. Rivers. The, uh, rivers and canals. We did say we were going to talk about some canals too uh, yes. when we came up with this idea last week. Um, and we're going to be talking about how climate change is affecting rivers mm-hmm. so uh and and some of them are, are very basic things that we've talked about before if you're new to the show um none of this is really heavy knowledge uh but rising water temperatures uh, as the planet warms river water temperatures are also rising which is having a neg- number of negative impacts on aquatic life including increased stress reduced reproductive success and increased success Increased diseases. Yep. Um, we saw the massive die-off in the Amazon River just just a couple months ago, and it's st- well, it's still ongoing. Is that they yes. they're having basically it's an extinction event at in the Amazon River because it is so hot that the fish cannot survive in the water. Yep, and uh, you know it's uh, the Amazon is just such we we all know this is a very very important part it is, of yep, the and global it is, it is, ecosystem. Yep, and it is collapsing. That is collapsing very fast, which is creating even lovely negative feedback loops, which is... Again, if you're new to the show, we talk about all the time. Yes. Uh, we also have a changes in precipitation patterns. Mm-hmm. Uh, climate change is leading to more intense and frequent precipitation events, like we've seen here in uh, Vermont, uh, yes. as well as longer and more severe droughts, uh, which sounds contradictory, but it stay does. with us. Uh, <laughs> it does, because, can... yeah, it's the droughts are, yeah, they just, they lead to what our our starting problem is, is the salt water and Intrusion. Yep, and that was my next point, is sea level rise uh, is causing salt water to intrude further upstream in rivers, which can contaminate freshwater supplies and harm aquatic ecosystems. Mm-hmm. There are saltwater animals, and there are freshwater animals, and they cannot, most of the time, survive most in both time, locations. Yes, there, there are a few species that can survive in, bro- in both, but there are not there are not many that can. Yeah, so it's uh, it's a real bummer. So that's kind of what we're looking at in our rivers 
So um, I'd like to start in the United States, and then we can look at the Ganges and um, uh, the Nile, maybe, as some pretty good examples uh, yep. of, of these things happening. Uh, so the Colorado River. Yes. is uh, pretty devastated right now. Where's my note on that? Yeah, because uh, the, the, the Lake Mead is... It did recover some over the summer because they did have some good heavy rains in the Rockies. Yep. But they, it's still very much like the, dam, the the Hoover Dam is not what it should be. Bone dry. Yep. Uh, yeah, so climate change is causing the Colorado River to flow at lower levels, mm -hmm. uh, which is putting a strain on water supplies for uh, drinking water, uh, 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 farmers, um, I'm assuming water parks. Uh. <laughs> yeah, they got they to spend all that water to keep the grass green in, in Las Vegas. Yep, yep. Uh, so we're seeing quite a bit uh, going on there. Did you have anything on the Mississippi specifically? Oh, I have Eric? lots on the Mississippi specifically because so, that's where we recently had a they recently had a a major crisis at the the opening of the Mississippi because the saltwater intrusion is on the verge and is likely they've temporarily stopped it and slowed it down. But uh, unless something cha changes, the entire Mississippi or New Orleans water supply is going to be contaminated and they're going to have to truck in water to, I mean, there's actually already communities closer to the coast that have lost their water supply because the, the Mississippi is becoming salinated. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and it, it, further through the southeastern United States, uh, these low rivers, uh, when a hurricane or major storm uh, comes through, it's it's causing increased damages. Increased. It is. Yeah, during low what, rivers. Yeah, because one of the big mitigation techniques is um, underwater uh, levees. Which, because salt water is heavier than fresh water, so the intrusion usually it comes underneath. And actually, one of the reasons that they were that it has temporarily slowed down is there is a 120 foot deep hole in the Mississippi that the the salt water is currently filling up because it's heavier. It's heavier. So it's heavier. So they it's, they, they they have an opportunity to build these more levees, but. When there's a hurricane, these levees get wiped out. And we also know from flood mitigation techniques that building a levee like this is going to build up a dam. Or it's going to, all the sediment's going to hit that underground levee and start building up. And it's going to create other ecological issues. When like I look at it, it's like they're, they're trying to band-aid a problem. And they're going to keep band-aiding a problem until they actually address the fact that ag use of these waterways... The Colorado and the Mississippi is way too heavy in the northern sections. Yeah. It's because, Draw, like, yeah. Drawing, you're saying, from the river? Yes. Yeah, drawing from the river for ag uses because they have contracts that allow them to draw a certain percent of water from the river to feed ag. And the Midwest is normally not as bad, but with the drought conditions they've had there, they've needed to draw from these freshwater sources more and less relying on groundwater. Whereas, like out in Colorado, it's they're trying to grow shit in the desert. Yeah, and rocky and the desert and rocky mountain soil conditions. I mean, 
Don't get me started on the almond farms. We've mentioned the almond farms before. Yeah. And the golf courses. And the golf and courses. Like, it's a problem, and we're not actually... We're band-aiding this thing and watching... It was like, oh, yeah, well, we, they need that. Well, what do you think of the poor farmers? I'm like, it's the stupid farmers' fault for trying to fucking grow almonds in the damn desert. <laughs> Like, sorry, I went way R on that one, but I'm just, it's very frustrating because we're not actually addressing the problem. We're just fixing, we're band-aiding the results of the problem. Right. So it's just, it's ongoing. We're hiding it. We're, you know, we're, we're burying the poop in the litter box. As exactly. Were. Yes. Um, now, real quick, in uh, Southeast Asia, we're seeing some of these scenarios play out uh, in the Ganges River Basin and in, uh, in South, A South Asia. Uh, it's increasing the risk of both floods and droughts. Uh, floods can contaminate the drinking water, as we, the, we've discussed, uh, but droughts can lead to crop failures and food shortages, which is playing out. Uh, I probably haven't talked about wheat in a several weeks, but uh, this is a major wheat production area, and if they don't have water, we don't have wheat mm -hmm. and uh you know that's a significant part of the global economy um yeah. and also like it goes back to we mentioned this before is the 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 unableness of farmers to be able to easily move their operation because they are tied to a specific plot of land like we would be able like i hate to say it like if farmers could move northward with their farms and whatnot and they weren't tied to these specific locations or were able to i don't know crazy thought like actually like do rotation of land and whatnot we would actually be in a much better place <laughs> well and and before we move on to the jungles and and the hippos uh let's just talk about canals and how this is going to affect yes. people uh we're going to kind of talk about the big three the panama the suez and the grand canal in china mm -hmm. uh the panama canal the sea levels are rising which is causing problems because it uh it is a system of locks this is how yep. canals generally work and these locks are in fixed locations and if the water is over the locks the system of transporting goods through the Panama Canal, uh, you know, from the Atlantic to the Pacific and vice versa, is severely impacted. Um, and I mean, everything from food to iPads to medicine are on these boats. Yep. And it doesn't help that some of these new ships can like they can bear, with, unless there's enough water in them. These major ships are they literally have like foot of distance on either side of the ship in the canal because the ships have gotten so, so big. big. And it's nothing, yeah. the, the Panama Canal and the, all the canals actually, there's a report I saw that like they all need, they need upgrades and they need to be upgraded to be able to handle these larger ships that we're trying to put through them, but they can't shut the, shut it down long enough to actually do so without yeah. causing major effects on the global economy. Because without Panama, they have to go all the way around South America which adds what weeks to the trip. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, yeah. The Suez Canal. This one fascinated me because uh, you know these are kind of there's you know three different things here. Sandstorms are mm. impacting the Suez Canal uh, because of severe drought, and uh, they 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 can't see what they're doing to get these ships through, uh, and, and it's just. You know. <laughs> yeah, and then let alone how much sand is being dumped in, they're having then in turn dredge out just to Correct. be able to keep the ships being able to go through. Yep, 
Uh, and then uh, the Grand Canal in China, lastly, is uh, the droughts are is, is it's reducing the water levels so that they can't get boats through, uh, especially these monster, gigantic shipping boats that Eric is is you know telling us about here. It's yeah. just completely bananas. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I, I remember seeing the picture of what was the, the that the ship last year that got stuck in the in the Suez that one of the mega ship that like which oh, shows yeah. the difference of the size of the Suez compared to the Panama is like that same ship in the Panama Canal is literally it can't maneuver at all because there is barely any room. Whereas yeah. the Suez, it has enough room that it it drifted and went sideways. Yeah, and, and to keep in mind, like these canals are not just for shipping. This is no. just the thing that people will notice. These yes. are for uh, you know drinking water, irrigation, hydropower, uh, and uh, yep. but it's well, they had to shut. These... I mean, they had to shut down the Panama Canal at one point this year because the water level in the middle parts, because Panama is in the middle of a drought, that no. they couldn't. They actually had to shut down the middle part of the locks because it was too low for ships to pass through. So ships had to go all the way around at one point this summer. Yep, it's uh, it's quite a bit, and uh, it's you know we've only scratched the surface of of uh, the numbers of rivers and everything, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it is so important to think about these rivers as well as everything else. And I know the news doesn't really talk about this stuff, but you know I worry. Uh, when we get into these like holiday seasons and things like that, uh, what's going to happen to the economies of the world if things can't be shipped uh, that are so reliant on this, you know, global bye-bye. supply chain? Yeah. So, uh, which is something we talk about all the time: the global yeah. supply chain being affected by climate change. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be probably the first canary in the coal mine uh, 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 that people will actually notice. Yes. <laughs> I mean, no, I think the current one we're actually noticing, and I I, we, I really want to, we should do an episode on this at some point, is the, and do it relatively soon, is an, in the inflation episode. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah I, went that... do, I went pet food shopping this week, and the same brands I always buy, which is the 60-pound bag of the Purina uh, Pro Plan, it is now where before the pandemic... It was about $40 for that 60-pound bag. Uh, I went to, the sh- to to PetSmart this week, and it was $60-plus for that same bag. I actually forgot to pick up dog food when I was doing errands yesterday, so I have to. one of us is going to have to go do it tomorrow. We do the uh, Taste of the Wild stuff for Dusty, oh, yep. grain-free stuff. Uh, oh, yeah, because Dusty, have... yeah, Dusty isn't – you, you told me Dusty doesn't do grain well. Yeah, and um, – uh, and of course, we make our own food for him, but uh, it's it's one of those things where the only reason we do that, and it is a, not only reason, but you know, for Dusty's health, but uh, we do the you get a free bag like every ten bags. Oh, um, nice! When, when you buy that stuff, so it's like, and that the company is actually so great that they transferred our purchases from a, a store in California to. Vermont. Oh, when nice. We, when we moved here, they were like, here's their proof, and uh, we're still going to, you know, we got our free bag that year. Nice. Um, so yeah. So I think we got one more bag to go, and then we get the free bag. So 
But uh, yeah, Taste of the Wild. It's probably I think it's fifty five dollars for a giant bag. Yeah. Um, and but you know we get a free bag every once in a while, and Dusty is happy and healthy. Yeah. So, um, well, should we move on from Rivers here, Eric? Yes. Rivers and two hippos. Let's go with the flow. (laughs) (laughs) You complain about my bad puns. Oh, come on. Cut me some slack. (laughs) Mr. I live in a stick house. (laughs) Actually, you know, and I'm speaking, I'm going to write this down. I'll have to talk about it later, but uh, uh, I've got a bad one for you. Well, tell us about these hippos. So, the hippos. So, I think I, I, I. I want to say we've talked about these hippos in the past, but we were, it was very much in passing. Yeah. But now we're going like, to, so Pablo Escobar had a private zoo and in his, his private zoo, among other things, he had uh, six hippos. Uh, and when he died in 93, uh, they basically said, these hippos are unmanageable. We don't have the ability to take care of them. We're just going to kind of leave them be. And they escaped and, and bred. And there are now about 166 hippos in this region. And they are they are starting to invade fisheries and other things. Um, and they haven't killed anyone in Colombia yet. But they are contributed to about 500 deaths annually. Yeah, hippos are dangerous. Very dangerous. Uh, They're territorial, they are aggressive, and they can snap you in two like a twig. Well, and they're a lot faster than people seem to think they are. Yes. Well, they expect the hippos to be slow like a manatee, and it's like, no, they're fast like a rhinoceros. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so they're having a pretty devastating impact on the environment in Colombia. Yes, but but it's funny because there's actually, there's a fight going on in both... both from the tourist industry and the environmental activists, which uh, they're trying. So the the uh, the American uh, was it? the American Legal Defense Fund um, is trying to use the U.S. Declaration of Animals Are People, which is a twenty uh, twenty twenty one Supreme Court ruling that gave animals rights as of humans. Well, they're trying to apply. U.S. law in Colombia and have sued the Colombian government for what they're trying to do, which is sterilize and euthanize this herd before it get explodes, which there's a chance that if if it isn't, if nothing is done, the herd will get to be in the thousands by 2035. Uh, let's see. They, uh, a female hippo gives birth every two years, usually to a single calf. So, yeah, exponential growth at those numbers is, uh, yeah, that's that has potential to make yeah. it. But, yeah, the uh, Colombian government's reluctant. Like, they, they're trying to, they're, they're, I mean, they're walking on thin ice because they're trying to both impede the environmentalists and maintain the, the environment, because it's funny, these environmentalists are actually pro-hippos, even though it's destroying the environment, because they're <laughs> environmentalists are also pro-animal, and it's just like, no, like, this is an invasive species. This yeah. will devastate the region, because once they spread out of Colombia, there's a lot of, of South America that they can uh, invade and become a very big problem, literally. The, wow, they live 40 years. Oh God! Yeah, that's a forty years, baby. Every two years, 
That could be, yeah, single mama hippo can have a, yeah, that's going to be. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so they're trying to send uh, some of the animals over overseas to Chinese and other Indian zoos and whatnot. But it's the thing is, like, there's only so many zoos in the world that can take these, what they love to call the cocaine hippos. Right. And I mean, these are wild animals. These are not yeah. bred at, you know, the, they, they are now wild animals. They are, they, yeah, they're wild, feral, bite you animals. Yeah. And I'm not in favor necessarily of calling, uh, you know, a whole bunch of animals. But, you know, if you zoom out from the problem and you look at the, the intelligent solution, you know, it seems like, okay, well, guess what? To prevent worse problems, we have to do this. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm, I'm, I really worry in this situation, environmentalists are looking at this incorrectly. Uh, and... They absolutely are. Cause they're, they're basically going animal. These, these, these creatures have rights, even though they are invasives and they're actually winning their cases in Colombia. And it's, it's like, all right, so they're basically going to let this, let this thing de devastate the environment just because we don't want to kill animals. I mean, it's the, it's PETA being, I mean, legal defense, animal legal defense fund is basically PETA light. Right. Right. It's, it's frustrating. Um, I wonder if, if we were seeing hippopotamus run rampant across Florida, uh, if they would be any, you know, if they would be treating it any differently, if they were snatching people's dogs from the runoffs, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> the environmentalists protest the, the python hunt, so probably. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's that's pretty uh, – it's it's sort of packed with controversy. It is. Uh, it is. I, I just – I'd be very curious if there was a hippopotamus in, in, in one of their backyards, mm -hmm. how this would play out if they had to replace a section of their fence. <laughs> Well, if, you, if there's an episode of Futurama where the environmentalists feed an animal uh, or treat, treat an, a lion to eat vegetables and the animal was miserable. <laughs> yes, and then also the uh, shrimp popums or whatever. Yes, the uh, shrimp popums, yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, um, yeah, that kind of wraps up the news, uh, yeah. I guess. You know, it's... And, uh, I, you know, what's, I mean, what have you got going on at home? Anything these days? You're just, you're, it's, it's winter. It's, it's, it's harder. It's to... harder. Yeah. It's, I've got a weed. I got one weed growing. Okay. You have it trimmed. So far one weed growing. It's it. Like I, I planted two seeds and only got one. So you have a real bad luck with that this year. I am. Uh, I am. Um, I, uh, I've been trimming, uh, mm our our tiny harvest uh but um mostly my world is brooms and i think i've been i keep talking about this every week this is this is important to me so i'm going to bring it up every week yes. but you know this week i've been making handles we're waiting on a shipment of broom corn because um, we are uh expanding the business as it were and more announcements about that will come up in the future but um so I've been like peeling bark, uh, sanding handles, finishing handles. I, I took a piece of black birch this morning and I baked it in the oven after peeling it. And I baked it in the oven for about 15 minutes at 400 degrees and it darkened up really nicely. And then I hit it with uh, mineral oil 
is gorgeous. Absolutely nice. gorgeous. It'll be like a, a children's broom size because that's what fits in the oven. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, so, so, but, you're, so, so you're saying that your house is covered in... Yeah, there's sticks everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. You live in a stick house. <sighs> anyway. I'm going to keep going with it. Well, okay, you ready? I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sink to your level. Oh, okay. So I am the person that is doing all of these this handle work. You know, Meg makes a lot of the brooms. So you could say that I am Meg's handler. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so my house is covered in brooms and sticks and broom corn, and and we're just plugging along, uh, taking lots of pictures, uh, the um, and uh, getting set up for uh november the 11th saturday morning in chelsea at the school um uh, uh six school street i think it is um we will be there from nine to two selling a bunch of miscellaneous things uh but primarily our brooms which we are very very proud of um and uh i we we just got like a billion new followers on tiktok uh when somebody saw Meg's giant double broom, which I think I should send a picture to you. Yes, you did. We because remember we make we were making uh, the, lots of Star Wars jokes for about like an hour after. Yes. <laughs> well, no, that was for the no, 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 no. That was one that wasn't trimmed yet. This is the oh. one that the stick goes down and then branches off into two brooms that are stitched together. Did I send you that one? Yeah, yeah, you did send me that oh. one. That's the one we oh. started the jokes on. Oh, I don't. That was the one. Uh, yes. Oh, but thinking of winter, we also we both had a very uh, winter experiences this week. Oh, what was that? We got snow. Oh yeah, we did. Mine stuck got... around for like two days. Mine did not, but I I drove through uh, Stockbridge going up to Rochester, so taking 107 there mm-hmm. through and going through the valley, like going through Gaysville, um, into Stockbridge. Uh, I definitely got snowed on it. It was definitely snick, sticking down there in the valley. Yeah. Uh, then going up to Rochester, it tapered off. Right. And then going over yes. the Rochester Gap, I could... Southern was, Vermont got it pretty good, it did. right? Yeah, Killington yeah. officially had their first day this week. Okay. And I have a view of Sunday Mountain, and that is covered yep. uh, in snow over in New Hampshire. Um, yeah. Uh, I I found it really funny uh, coming up over the Rochester Gap, uh, looking into New Hampshire, clear, could see all the mountains, could see the White Mountains really well, but then you look the other way, because in the Gap, you're either looking towards the White Mountains or down towards Killington, mm. looking down towards Killington, just a wall of white, you couldn't see anything. Wow. Um, Yeah, and it's, and today it's nearly 50 degrees. Yep, just like it was yesterday, and I think uh, there's a chance of sleety conditions on Wednesday or Thursday. I thought I saw Friday. Friday on. It's too far away. It's too far away. It keeps changing. Yeah, no, it's too far away. Uh, I am starting to only like the furthest I will look at a forecast now is about three days. Yeah, and I'm still being assaulted in my news feed by all these articles uh, telling us how much snow we are or are not going to get this year. You know, latest I've seen is six inches below average. Uh, but the week before, it was like 10 inches above. Uh, you know, yeah, so it's, it's just... <laughs> who knows? And the thing is, La Nina is going to screw it up. It's, it's yeah, it, it's anybody's game. 
um, at this point. I think I don't know. I think we need to have Serena back to kind of yeah. explain explain forecasting again and 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 how that really works. Uh, so maybe I'll, I'll I'll do some work on that. Uh, yes. Next awesome. week on the Broken Shovel Podcast, we will be talking creepy crawlies, disease carrying ticks. Yes, because uh, we're, we're going to keep this lovely invasive species trend going. <laughs> so, as someone who has been through Lyme disease, uh, I, I, I have a lot of knowledge on this and a personal experience on how important knowledge on this subject is. Uh, so next week we're talking ticks. Um, and I will be probably pretty wiped out from a week of making brooms and selling brooms and designing websites. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, but as always, thanks for listening. Uh, if you'd like to make a comment on anything, you can email us at brokenshovel802 at gmail. Um, I'm on TikTok at brokenshovelfarm. Eric, you can't find him anywhere. No, I'm not on uh, socials. <laughs> <laughs> which, which um, I've also heard is possibly one of those red flags of dating right there is that I don't have socials socials like and I guess that's a red flag because it's like it, it makes women think that you've got something to hide and I'm just like uh, no I'm just boring I'm a boring lame single dad who maintains my homestead <laughs> hear that ladies he's not a creep yes uh <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so this was great eric thank you uh and uh thank you to jessica for enlightening us to this uh hippo situation telling us we need to talk about it <laughs> there's no enlightenment she told us we have to talk about this well yeah well she's she could probably beat you up all right everybody yeah. thank you and uh we'll talk to you next week about ticks later